Hey, we're so glad you're joining us again at Southside Baptist Church Online as we just uh, go through this together. We are we're socially distanced, but we are together in community, even if that's online. And so we know that it would be much better if we could all worship together and hug each other. And we look forward to the day we can do that again. But in the meantime, uh, we can stay connected through means that God has provided through technology. Can you imagine all those folks and all the people who write about all the evils of technology? And here it is, the thing that God is using to get the gospel around the world. So I want to thank all of those uh, people who are doing videos and working computers and at churches all over who are just expanding the gospel through technology. And we just appreciate the good job they're doing. And we're so glad you've joined us. We know many of you are maybe joining us for the first time, or you've just started worshiping with us during this uh, COVID-19 outbreak. And we don't think that's an accident. And we're so glad you're here as well. So we would love for you just to connect with us. You can put comments or questions uh, on, the, on the feed below, uh, either, either in YouTube or through Facebook. And on Sunday nights, we do a special Q&A, a roundtable, and we take those questions and live questions through Facebook Live and try to talk about those. So you can join us and kind of unpack things from the morning sermon a little more, or you can join our small groups. We would love for you to be a part of a small group discussion. They start right after this service, live on Sundays, and they go throughout the week. So go to our website, ssbc.org, and you can find a group to join, or you can text the word groups to 904-441-8650 and get more information about that. Now, we're in a series that we're calling Pause for obvious reasons. God has kind of pushed the pause button. He's using this COVID-19 pandemic to push the pause button. We've all been disrupted. Our lives have been disrupted uh, really throughout the country and even around the world. And we're just asking ourselves, what is it that God is inviting us to do during this pause? But you know, there is a group of people, there are a group of people who, uh, this is maybe something that's really unhealthy for them. They're, they're people who battle with depression on a regular basis. And one of the things that contributes to depression is isolation. In fact, it's sometimes a vicious circle. People who find themselves isolated get more depressed, but the more depressed we get, the more we want to be alone. And I know that many of you have struggled with this. And I know I, I at one point even struggled with this. I'll never forget, I was living in Atlanta at the time and I was driving as you do in Atlanta to get anywhere. I was listening to the radio and this radio announcer came on and said, hey, do you have these symptoms? And he listed about 15 or 20 things. And in my mind, I keep thinking, yeah, that's me. That describes me. That describes me. And he got to the end. He said, you may be depressed. And I thought, I don't get depressed. But we all go through seasons where it feels like God is distant from us or we're going through a hard time. It, some writers from ancient times called it the silent night of the soul or the dark night of the soul. And some of you, uh, this time during COVID-19 and this prolonged isolation may be, uh, may be stirring that up in you. You may be battling this. And you should know this, that there were lots of people in the Bible who also battled depression. Uh, some of the characters that you know and recognize, even if you don't read the Bible or go to church much. Moses battled with depression. Jonah, we looked at him last week. He battled depression. Even the apostle Paul, who wrote a good part of the New Testament, battled depression. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 1.8, he said that he despaired of his very life. So I want us today to look at a character from the Old Testament who found himself isolated and alone and who was battling depression and see what we can learn from it. This character is a prophet by the name of Elijah. Many of you may have heard stories about Elijah. In fact, one of the most popular stories is the story of how he had this showdown with all the prophets of Baal and they 
cried out to their God to send down fire and consume a sacrifice. And he was the only one there. And he called out to the God of Israel and God consumed that sacrifice. He won a great victory that day. But what we don't often do is follow up to to what happened next, the rest of the story. That when Elijah left that mountain, he went out by himself and he battled depression. And I want us to look today at three specific mistakes that we often make when we're battling depression. But first, let's take a look at this story. You can find it in your Bible in the book of 1 Kings. That's in the Old Testament. If you go to the book of Psalms, which is about the middle of your Bible, you'll go left and you'll come to 1 Kings. And we are going to look at this story beginning in chapter 19. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and open that up. Maybe a device you can open up there and we'll look at this. It's kind of a long passage, but I think it's an important one for us. So let's look at it together. 1 Kings chapter 19, we'll begin in verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. Now Jezebel was the queen who had all these prophets of She was kind of an evil queen. And and so it was her prophets that Elijah had just defeated. So she sent this message saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. Now that's going to be an important point later on. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die. You see the depression there. He's he's near suicidal. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. I love that. In the middle of this crisis, God's concerned about his welfare. Wake up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then he laid down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. God realized that he was going through a difficult time. God was providing for him and comforting him. So he got up and he ate and he drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights, which by the way, Many times in the scripture, the number 40 is used for a prolonged period of silence or struggle with God or an internal struggle. So here we see it with with Elijah as well. He did this for 40 days, 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went in a cave and spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? I think that's an important message. What are you doing in this place? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Verse 11, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Now that word in Hebrew actually says literally the sound of silence. Then came the sound of silence. When Elijah heard it, 
He pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? That's the second time God's asked that question. He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And then God says this, the Lord said, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. Then God gives him some instructions about who to anoint as king and who to anoint as his successor. And finally, he comes around and he addresses this issue of Elijah being the only one. He says this, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. It's an incredible story. And I think it gives us at least three mistakes that we can try to avoid as we're battling this issue of being socially distant and for many people isolated and others who are battling depression. And it's only making your depression worse. Let's look at these three mistakes. The first mistake that we see that Elijah made that we often make when we're isolated as well is that we lose focus. We lose focus. What distracted Elijah? Well, there are two things, and they're the two things that often distract us too. The first one was other people. Look what it said back in verse 3. Then he was afraid, and he arose and ran for his life. Now, who was he afraid of? He was afraid of Jezebel, whose prophets God had already defeated. He had allowed Jezebel's thoughts and opinions of him to control him. Sometimes other people, we put our focus on other people, what they think. For many of you right now, you are on social media because that's your life, but you're comparing yourself to other people, and other people become a distraction, and we lose focus. The other thing that sometimes distracts us is pride and self-pity. Look what he said in verse 10 and in verse 14. I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. Look at that pride. Look what I've done for you, God. The Israelites have rejected your covenants, tore down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. I mean, he is so focused on himself and his self-pity. One of the mistakes we make is we lose focus because we focus on other people or we focus inward on ourselves and sometimes we manage to do both and those will lead you to depression. They will lead you to greater isolation. Listen, pride and self-pity are the opposite sides of the same problem. If you struggle with self-pity, you're really struggling with pride because your focus is on you. And God's inviting Elijah to lift up his eyes and see what he is doing in spite of all these difficulties and troubles. And Elijah is just focused on himself and he's focused on other people, but he's not focused on God. Listen, God tells him, he says, I've got 7,000 more who are just like you. Elijah, you are not alone. You are just so much focused on yourself. You're just so focused on your enemies that you're missing what I'm doing. The second mistake that we make is that we attempt to go it alone. Look what happened back in verse three and four. And he, this is Elijah, came to Beersheba and left his servant there. Now this servant had followed him everywhere. He'd been a faithful servant with him all along. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He left his servant behind and isolated himself. 
So many times when we face challenges, when we face hardships, maybe it's relational hardships, maybe it's financial hardships, maybe it's health crisis, we isolate ourselves and we try to go it alone, and that is such a mistake. Discouraged people are lonely people, Chuck Swindoll says. I think that's true. Discouraged people are lonely people, and lonely people only become more discouraged. So just like depression leads to isolation and isolation feeds depression, so discouragement leads to loneliness and loneliness only leads to greater discouragement. Elijah was trying to be alone, and yet he was complaining about being left alone. This is sometimes how we react. It's illogical, but it's the way we react when we find ourselves in these difficult situations. The third mistake we can avoid is that we allow ourselves to become physically and emotionally exhausted. Do not underestimate this in the story. Elijah was totally wiped out. He was just exhausted physically, emotionally, spiritually in every way. Look what it says in verse four and five. I have had enough, Lord. he's, He's at the end of his rope. He said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under a bush and he fell asleep. Elijah was exhausted. And so we know that he was trying to distance himself. He was trying to run away and trying to find some comfort in the isolation. But that's not where he was going to find it. He was going to find it because God was going to provide it for him. God did not design you to work and produce and be effective seven days a week, 24 hours a day. He designed you for rest. He built it into the rhythm of our schedule. It's why Sabbath is so important. And God has just given us a Sabbath through this difficult time. It's a time to physically rest and emotionally find emotional margin in your life and charge yourself spiritually. The most spiritual thing that you might be able to do today is to take a nap. The most spiritual thing you may be able to do today is to silence yourself, silence your phone, turn off the TV and just sit in silence with the Lord. And God has opened up the space for many of us to do that. For others, you're surrounded by chaos as your kids are trying to do school at home and you need to create margin in your life just to reconnect with with God because physically and emotionally you're exhausted. And I love what God does here. God's response is so beautiful. The first thing God does is he restores our soul. When we find ourselves isolated in despair and depression, it is Jesus who restores our soul. Psalm 23, it says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me into green pastures. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what God wants to do? Maybe that's what God wants to do right now is restore your soul. Look what, it, well, look what God said to Elijah in verse five and six, get up and eat. So he ate and drank and he laid down again. And then verse, again in verse seven, and the angel of the Lord came back again a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. God recognizes and he offers to restore your soul. The second thing, the second way God responds to us is this, that he calls me out of the cave and into the light. He calls me out of the cave and into the light. When Elijah got to the mountain, he immediately went into the cave. Look what it says in verse nine and then in verse 11. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? 
Some of you have retreated into the cave. And I don't mean you're just practicing social distancing. I mean, you're cutting yourself off from other people. Some of you have lived that way for a long, long time. And God just saying, why are you doing this? Why are you cutting yourself off? The Lord said, go out and stand by the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Come out of the cave. The ability to discern God's voice comes when we leave the cave and we step out into the light. When we try to discern God's voice from inside the cave, we get confused and we, we misunderstand so many times we don't see what God is doing. But when we come out of the cave, we can see by the light and we can hear even his still small voice. And that's where God is calling you. Sometimes the TV is so loud, we can't hear anything. Sometimes the music that's playing through our earbuds, they're just, it's constant. And we just need to be still and listen for the voice of God. Come out of the cave, into the light and listen for him. And finally, God's response to us in our desperation and depression is that he has given us his gift of community. Not only does God tell Elijah that there are 7,000 others like him, but he tells him to come out and go back into that community, to get back in community with other people, and to even have a protege, Elisha, to be a partner for him for the rest of his ministry. He gives us people to walk in community with. And right now, for many of you, you are so isolated, and we keep inviting you week after week, join one of our small groups. Uh, You can go to our website and find a way you can get involved in a small group, and it'll be awkward. It'll be strange. You might not know anybody there. You might be living in another part of the country or another part of the world. Just jump into one of those small groups at the time listed or text the word groups to 904-441-8650. We'll get you some information. You need to come out of the cave into the light and enjoy the gift of community that God has given you. Listen, I know for many of you right now, you might be enjoying this pause, but for others, I recognize this pause is only creating a deeper pit for you to climb out of. And I want you to know we're praying for you too. The anxiety and the fear of what's going on right now is real. We're not trying to downplay that or diminish that. It is very, very real. But I want to encourage you during this time, find hope and comfort and trust in God. He was with Elijah when he was going through his deepest, darkest depression. He was with Moses. He he was with Jonah in the belly of the fish like we talked about last week. He, He was with Paul and he is going to be with you. Will you just turn to him and trust him? For those of you who don't know him, who never had a relationship, we would love to give you more information. Just text the word CONNECT to 904-441-8650. We've got pastors who can respond to you, who'd be glad to have a Zoom meeting with you or just a phone conference with you and talk to you. We don't want you to be alone during this time of physical isolation. Reach out and let somebody help you. Call a friend, call a neighbor, call somebody you know who loves the Lord and ask them just to pray for you. And I want to pray for you now as we continue just to live in community, even while we're practicing social distancing. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you that um, the Bible gives us the raw, unedited truth of the struggles that we really face. Father, that it doesn't edit out the dark parts of Elijah's life and only show us the highlight reel of his victories. Uh, That it doesn't do that for Moses. It doesn't do it for Jonah. It didn't do it for Paul, but most of all, it certainly doesn't do it for Jesus, that we see Jesus suffering on the cross and his death. But Lord, I just pray that for those who find themselves in the pit of despair right now, that like Elijah, they would be still, they would hear the voice, they would find comfort in his provision, they'd come out of the cave into the light, that they'd listen for that still small voice, and that they would hear in the still small voice of God 
a voice of hope. And Father, that they might find in him the comfort and the provision during this struggle. But Lord, that they might also hear his invitation to come down and get into community. And Lord, that's hard right now. It's difficult right now. Some people don't have the the capacity, the technology to even do that. And I pray especially for them that your Holy Spirit, who is everywhere, will be present with them right now, that you'll draw them to yourself. God, we pray that you'd be glorified in your church, this one and all of them, as we just continue to share the good news and the hope of the gospel uh, through the internet around the world. Uh, Lord, we continue to pray for those who are battling COVID-19. We pray for those who've lost loved ones, who who, Father, are separated from their loved ones at this most critical time. Lord, be with them, bring comfort and hope to them. And Father, as they battle despair, Lord, may, may they know that you are familiar with their suffering, that you are familiar with every hurt and every pain. God, we just ask that you would be present with us and through us. Give us ways that we might connect and reach out and encourage people around us. And Lord, we ask that you would be glorified in your church, in our lives, in our families, and even through this difficulty. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, thank you for joining us today. You can find more information about Southside and even past messages if you've missed any of the pause series at Southside, I'm sorry, at ssbc.org, ssbc.org. We'd love to connect with you that way. And again, this week, we want to remind you again, the church is not a building. It's a body. It is not a meeting. It's a movement. So go be the church today. Grace and peace be with you.